The year was 1981. Did I start the last intro like that? The year is... I feel like that... Year. You maybe started that's all a, intros That's like a that. cheap intro. <laughs> in a studio in Montreal in the year 1981, a band was recording what their, uh, their front man believed was a hot number one single. Of course, he had recorded a demo of this track five years prior to their recording it, but he believed that the uh, material was too soft for the uh, sort of hard, edgy rock that the, the band was producing at the time. And indeed, it took some convincing to, to get the band to actually play this song. And what eventually happened was is he had to convince them to play their music, play their instruments over the demo track because they tried doing it without the demo track and it sounded like shit. That's right. This week on Cover Me, it's Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic by The Police. <laughs> That's right, that's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against each other to find out which one is magic. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my uh, authoritarian co-host. Alex Smildenberger. Like the police, Alex. Oh, like the police. Yeah, it wasn't a great one. And uh, joining us in the studio again, a guest who floats like a butterfly and stings. Like a bee, it's Jesse Crossley. Hello, hello. How's it going, Jesse? Oh, very well. Are you a big fan of the police? I am a big fan of the police, yes. The the uh, band, I assume. The, oh, yeah, oh, the band, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah, Alex sure. just likes the cops. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, right? <laughs> I have a fetish for authority. <laughs> <laughs> and how magical it is. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, what what kind of things define uh, the police's music for you guys? Because I have a few ideas in my head, but I'd like to see what everybody else thinks of when they think of the police. Um, for me, it's things I've heard, and I know Sting is known for kind of the like world music stuff now, right? And that influenced, or you know, the police as well. But they all kind of had a distinctive sound, I think, like all three members. Mm. And um, what defines the police for me is, unfortunately, it's mostly Sting. But I, I'll admit, I haven't dug into the police that much. That's fair. So. It's like often they're called Sting and the police, you know, yeah. not even the police. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, because there's only three guys. <laughs> yeah. Sting was, was the one that stood out to me right away, because I saw um, the movie Dune. Fuck yeah. Right? And so seeing him in that, Got me, oh okay i found out who he was and then i got into the music and then just pretty much just kind of unfolded from there you know yeah and it's you're right sting has this world music thing going on he also seems yeah. to really like reggae <laughs> really? yeah and i guess he's the bass player yeah and the bass so lines always have this rhythm. very yeah reggae rhythm and tone to them and it's just like weird. I never realized in my youth that I was listening to basically white man's <laughs> reggae, but here I am in the year 2019, fully ready to admit it. Another defining feature of the police songs, in my opinion, is terrible ideas of romance are very teenaged. At yeah, the very and very least. like obsessive. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I guess the other thing, the the percussion's pretty distinctive as well, and and the drummer Stuart Copeland. 
he's done some like other composition like he did the soundtrack for spyro oh, video yeah. game spyro Weird. so like that's pretty wild and uh but he's he's done some neat stuff too in addition to not wearing a hat oh that's as a we good, will see in the music feature. video yeah. for this song <laughs> yeah i was impressed particularly on this track by the the percussion mm-hmm. it was very Absolutely. uh like dynamic Yes. And very, but like restrained, you know, it was a lot of silent notes as opposed to big crashing drums. Yeah. So often we're just like, yeah, and then there's a rock beat here. Mm-hmm. You know, four, four, but like. a rock beat in here, I think. Yeah. But it's, but it's, it's not like throughout or anything. You know, no. There's, there's some other sort of personality, which is something mm-hmm. I talked about when I talked about, uh, we talked about the Beatles and Ringo Starr. Right. And like, I know he's not the most technical drummer, but like, who since then has done drum rhythms that sound like that i don't know maybe nobody. somebody maybe nobody somebody. i know of they were probably trying to copy him though exactly um so a big a big addition on this track is a session keyboardist by the name of jean roussel who only sting wanted to actually sting was like i want this dude to play on the track and everybody else was like we don't really want that. And he's like, it's stinging the police now, boys. <laughs> I'm the one in charge. And uh, I got a quote here from, let's see. Thing one, uh, I remember. Summers. Who's, who's Alan Summers? What's his full Andy name? Summers. Andy Summers. Uh, did not approve of uh, Roussel's inclusion on the track, claiming that he was incredibly pushy and that there wasn't room for him. He must have played 12 piano parts on that song alone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Copeland, on the other hand, said that Roussel wasn't pushy. He was just like us, actually. So maybe a little pushy? So, yeah, yeah probably a bit of a jackass. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> but I think uh, Summers is right in that there's a lot of piano going on in this track. Yeah, which is something I hadn't really noticed or thought about, just because piano is such a common instrument, but mm-hmm. like the police don't really have a piano player. Exactly. So. This is like so foreign from the police sound. Like it really is. Yeah. When you think of like "Can't Stand Losing You," Roxanne, like those are one side of the police where it's like dark and heavy, and mm-hmm. you're like, "Whoa, this is some shit." And then I guess the other side is like these weird, like uppy, kind of spacey reggae tracks. <laughs> and then we have this kind of in between those where it's like, yeah. And then like "Don't Stand So Close to Me" '86. Yeah. It's just uh slow. Slow and weird, and it's like the only version I have on my phone now, and it's <laughs> I haven't heard the real "Don't Stand So Close to Me" in years. <laughs> uh, um, should we just get into the lyrics on this? Let's talk, let's talk lyrics. Yeah, buddy. All right. So overall, this song is about some some witch. That's why we're talking about this. this is our oh, Halloween yes. spooktacular Halloween, episode. Halloween episode? Magic, magic is spooky. Magic is spooky, and this and came so up. are stalkers. Yes, <laughs> there is actually some spooky themes here. Yeah. Uh, most importantly, though, we did talk about this song briefly last year for the Halloween spooktacular, where we discussed witchy woman with yes. Jesse. Because yes. this one of the people who who covered the witchy woman was in the musical version of what the fuck is that bewitched oh i don't think it was a mu- oh, was it not like a mu- the, the it was remake just a, with yeah with Smith she's in the remake or at least the song this was. this yeah her song her version of witchy woman was on the soundtrack and this song was also on there 
Yes, but it wasn't a cover. It was. It, it was, was the just the, the real version. Unfortunately, yes. so that won't be featured. That won't be featured. But well, I mean, the police version will be obviously. But you know, Alex, some some <laughs> podcasts when they're doing a Halloween episode, they come up with a Halloween name for their podcast. Do you do you have anything off the dome for cover me? Um. All right. Spooky things like blood and ghosts. Uh, bl- yeah, blood and, for me. And 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 skeletons. Um, so, like, I'm thinking about meat. I'm thinking about cover meat, but that's not spooky. Because <laughs> there's blood and meat. <laughs> uh, um, uh, c- colder meat? No, that's... It's got to be something like shiver. Shiver, shiver meat. meat. Timbers. Timbers. <laughs> uh, ghosts, like, ectoplasm. I don't know. I'm working, I'm working here. Ghosts have... Ghosts say boo. Ghosts say woo. <laughs> and, and skeletons like rattle um yeah, like ra- vampires have fangs vampires have capes and bats again Ooh. um like a frankenstein guy or like a monster oh like undead yeah well uh, do you revenants. hey i got it you t- d- d- welcome back to dr cover me's monster <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it we nailed it. Um, okay, the lyrics for this. <laughs> so the first verse says this. Though I've tried before to tell her of the feelings I have for her in my heart, every time that I come near her, I just lose my nerve as I've done from the start. Bum, 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 ba-dum, bum, bum. All right, um, but enough about transitions. So, yeah, it's, it's an unrequited crush, I guess, just with someone that he cannot speak with. Mm-hmm. Or at least can't, like, be honest with. Yeah, I because yeah. certainly they have some kind of relationship. Otherwise, what is she doing that he perceives as magic? Exists. I suppose it's every little thing, every, yes. Every little <laughs> thing that he feels is magic. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think you nailed it, Alex. That's pretty much the first verse. Any other thoughts on that one, Jesse? <laughs> Needy. <laughs> yeah there is a lot of that in in a lot of his songs though compared to other songs he's done that that kind of theme of sting maybe in his writing that this isn't just one song that this kind of this kind of topic occurs mm-hmm. yeah there's to a the, lot of neediness in his in his yeah, love songs to the always p- to the point where or like stalking a lo- yeah, and yeah, like every breath watching you, take, you every breath too, you right? take, yeah. wrapped around my finger wrapped is around like my neediness. Lo- yeah, even it's, can't it's stand a losing that he's you. Got yeah. with a lot of other songs that kind of intertwine with each other. Yeah, yeah, to the point where like a lot of the times I'm like, well, you know, it's a character. I don't know if they're trying to like say this is them or anything, but it happens a lot. Like comes up often enough. Yeah, like, I think yeah, it yeah it's like it's, that way. It's it's like the perfect stalker collection. Mm-hmm. And then, but it's also like it's like late seventies, early eighties, and I don't know exactly what was going on, but I remember watching an interview from the early nineties where they're like talking about like the new manly, and they're like, "So is being sensitive a good thing?" And Dave Chappelle was like, "I don't know, man." But like, uh, <laughs> that, was a, that was a banger, Dave Chappelle yes. impression. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> John Stewart was there. Anyway. What's up, Will? Uh, hello, friend of the podcast, Will. Will Kill in the studio, or at least walking by. <laughs> Our studio, which is just a basement. Uh, but anyway, so I wonder if, if it was Sting's attempts to be this, like, nouveau machismo, like, I just want to, like, serve you and, like, 
your interests. Like I, I'm right. just paying attention to you, and I don't care about myself at all. That was like kind mm. of a transitional state between like general positivity and whatever they used to do. Right. Um. And also the idea of like being pursuant as a as a man mm-hmm. to like. Well, of course, it's women. They're gonna play hard to get because that's what women do. But like, they want you to follow exactly. like, that kind of idea. And then as long as you keep it up, yeah, you have to be persistent you, you and win. wear them down. Wear them down. It's just like sharks do. Yeah, <laughs> that's what hyenas do. Right? <laughs> they surround until you're tired. Well, human like like humans too. But you like, can't in say hunting. no anymore. Yeah. Right? Like we could like run longer than anyone else. So like even they were faster, we just like keep going. They tire out, and we like catch up with them and like eat them. <laughs> Yeah, damn, it's in our DNA. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah, it is a very weird like animal. Like sensitive guy love. Yeah. That we're, made maybe sense at the time, but less and less. We're we're weird. in this one, it's like, wow, this woman's so incredible. I just love her so much I can't even tell her. And then like in other songs, it's like, if you fucking leave me, I will kill yeah, myself. Oh uh, fuck. Yeah, man. It's like very masculine is, tenderness. Yeah, this is the kind of man you're looking for. <laughs> so then we get this to man the... is unstable. <laughs> he absolutely is. Yeah, and that that comes up in this this chorus. So every little thing she does is magic. Everything she does just turns me on. I want to stop there. Is he just literally like uh, I get he hard when I free, see her yeah, do things? Constantly erect. <laughs> Or is he is priapism? <laughs> That's why he's got the this like girl. steel speedo. Yeah, he's got to keep that shit held down. He's got to keep that dick. Put in some place. ice in there. Keep it cool the entire time when you walk. Yeah. Or is it like a? It was turns me on used more loosely in the eighties. I 80s. think so. Okay. Or, or I feel like it, yeah, it doesn't have to be specifically sexual. It's just like I'm just everything she does that. just no, makes me he's, horny. He's he's fully attentive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it it, uh, it it yeah draws his attention. So then he says, even though my life before was tragic, now I know my love for her goes on. Which like, I think it was in the Wikipedia page he was talking about like one of the other band members was like, yeah, he was trying to like think of something that rhymed with tragic and like God. magic was or with magic and tragic was the only thing he could come up with, except for the word pelagic. Yeah, I believe it. which I forget what that means. So here's the quote. It's, uh, 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 Copeland said of this moment, I remember Sting for years trying to think of a rhyme for magic. Years. As in every, yeah, because he, he remember he wrote the original track in 1976. This came out in 1981. <laughs> so he spent like five years being like, how do I make this cool enough for the police? A, B, what the fuck do I rhyme with magic? <laughs> And so, yeah, he says, I, for years, as in every little thing she does is magic. I think the only word he could come up with, apart from tragic, was pelagic, which means ocean going. There I was in my leather pants and punk hairdo, pondering the distinction between ocean going and river going fish. <laughs> Way to go. Was that, was that Andy? That was Copeland. Copeland, yeah. All right, right on Copeland. And it's funny, because another rhyme thing for Sting that's always been like... <laughs> people have criticized him for is in Don't Stand So Close to Me with, uh, he began what is it, he shakes and coughs just like the old man in that book by Nabokov. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a rough rhyme. I've got a, um, 
I've got a rhyming dictionary up here online. Mm-hmm. I'm looking up things that rhyme with magic. It actually is kind of tough because there's like magic Q U E. Okay. And magic J I K. Okay. Tadjik. Don't know what that means. So just when you're like a landlocked a bit mountainous chick. republic in southeast central Asia, north of Afghanistan. Oh, okay. so it's a place. Even though my life before tragic, was in Tadjik. Wadjik. <laughs> Which uh, doesn't even yeah. sound like a word. No. And Zagic, which same deal. And then it has Pelagic here, Illagic, Coragic, Automagic, Autophagic, Bathypelagic, <laughs> Camouflagic. Camouflagic. Uh, and then there's yeah. almost rhymes. Badges? Catholic? Even though my life before was Catholic. Plastic? Ratchet? Ad- even though my life before was Ratchet. <laughs> Ecstatic. That could work. <laughs> Elastic? Fanatic? There's a lot of fanatic here. I guess you could call me a fanatic. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, you think in five years he could have come up with that word. But, oh, I guess this is the best one. Tragic. Yeah. And how does, it, how does the next line connect to that? Now I know my love for her goes on. Because um, he, I don't know, he's still, like, obsessive. So it's still just, like, a crush, right? Right. But he's like, I love her. But it, it's, Forever. even though my life before was tragic... Now I know my love yeah, for Yeah, so her like goes even on. though before like everything was terrible, now good shit. Right. Before good shit. Good now shit. Now it's working. I'm not close just... I'm close to this person who does not know yeah. that I am obsessing. I guess. I'm just gonna I could just keep stalking you forever. Right. Call so, her up a thousand times, times every day. day. Yeah, we'll get to the statistics on that. <laughs> do, a, <laughs> do a little math for you on that one in a bit. But we first... ran the numbers. <laughs> Um, do I have to tell the story of a thousand rainy days since we first met? It's a big enough umbrella, but it's always me that ends up getting wet. I actually, I like this verse. I do. This verse is much more, like, poetic. Mm -hmm. Um, because it had, like, the first two lines, uh, like, do I have to tell the story? Like, it, it gives that backstory. It's like, I don't have to tell you. Like, you get it. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a classic story of, like, unrequited love. Yeah. has been around for a very long time, so... We know, and like using rainy days as a metaphor for, you know, his probably some sort of depression that is now like he's only coming out of because of his obsession. So yeah. it's unhealthy. Absolutely. Sting. 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 Not a healthy guy. And I think he Tell likes he this now. verse so much that it appears in, uh, at the end of the song, Oh My God, which is on the, the, the album that followed this album. And the lyrics are also repeated in the song Seven Days on Sting's solo album, Ten Summoners Tales. He's, he's he just, using yeah, it? Yeah, he just uses the same fucking verse. All right. Okay. Yeah, it is good, Sting, but maybe chill, okay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> just put another pan flute solo in there, you maniac. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> me. Um, yeah, that is... So that's that yeah, verse. The umbrella line's cool, too. It's like, yeah. we could both fit. That's the other thing, is this is the line where it's like... Maybe there's multiple ways of looking at it, but like it almost seems like he's acknowledging that what he's doing is fuck. Yeah. It's like it, the umbrella's big enough for both of us. Like it's fine. Yeah. But I'm still out in the rain. Exactly. Like I'm not standing under the umbrella, but I could be. So I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. I yeah. think it's he's acknowledging. It's also a sense of realization too, right? Right. Yeah, but like then never comes up again in the song. Yeah. Yeah, it's like one self aware moment and then we're just back to being a dipshit. Back to being, yeah, back to being a stalker. Yeah. (laughs) Or I guess the other thing is like the rest of it's kind of tight and like it's his tragedy of like he's the one who's unable to talk to her. Yeah. So it's like it's not that he's cursing his own inaction so much as his own 
perceived inability to act. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's still like a, a primal mm-hmm. enemy of yeah. like it's within well, it's him that, that he cannot do anything. It's got that sense of like sheltering this person with the umbrella, right? Of hardship mm-hmm. while he's still taking the blunt end of it. Mm. So whatever race is dealing with, he's not safe from it, but he'll do whatever he can to keep her. You right, know. it's that meme where like there's the guy holding the flowers out for the girl, yeah. and then yeah. he's just like got a bunch of arrows in his back. Does that exist? Does that make that? Up? I, I think that's real. It's, and then it's just that like shitty like teenager meme thing. Yeah. I love teenage memes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. It has this idea of him being like, I'm a nice guy. Yeah. I hold the umbrella. I get wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it just seems kind of forceful to too in the song. Like, I'll be nice to you. Right, yeah. but it's there's this sense of like what what your the intentions are different. Mm. You're not really trying to be that. You're like posing this. Yeah, because he has clearly has his own ulterior motives, which are well, to, yeah. to call her up a thousand times a day, which is a lot. Yeah, that is. So if he was up twenty four hours <laughs> doing nothing but calling this woman, that would be about forty two calls an hour. And assuming he gets eight hours of sleep, that's about sixty-three an hour. That is. <laughs> we all we know Sting is we're, not doing more than six hours a night. Hoping it's a landline too, right? It's cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> that had to be a landline. Oh, had you, to be. Had to be. Yeah. But if he was also doing other things, he'd have to use a car phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that's gonna work friend. when he's like playing drums in Africa. Yeah. Like. But and so then ask her if she'll marry me in some old fashioned way, which uh, old fashioned like like ceremony or old fashioned proposal. It's, yeah, is the phone call the old fashioned way or is that? Yeah, I feel like you probably that's, that's shouldn't how stalkers do it. Over the phone, right? Maybe marry it is old fashioned. Marry me. Like then hang a, up. Then brief, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> like there was a brief period after telephones were invented that they were like, oh, it's so formal. We should propose marriage over this phone or like the old-fashioned way is like i wish to be betrothed to... yeah if it was the old-fashioned way wouldn't he call her dad yeah right ask for permission right? I-, I resolve like, to call her dad, dad. <laughs> like so what kind of dowry you got going there huh? i'm hoping for sheep but yeah this this uh this verse again plays to that idea of like you have to be persistent and even if she thinks she doesn't want it, you just need to keep telling her. Yeah, that. but also that he's not calling mm-hmm. still, and he wants to call. And also, it's always tough to know. Like, is he framing it as a good like? Uh, he wants to call her a thousand times a day. Yeah, but like, he can't do it. He can't. But like, the good outcome would be if he did. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, is that? That's what it sounds like. Cause, yeah, because he says my but my fi- my silent fears have gripped me long before I reach the phone, long before my tongue has tripped me. Must I always be like, alone? He can't even mess up he, because he can't get to the point of messing up. Yeah. I don't know. I've had that attitude at times. Yeah, me too. So I probably I, learned it from Sting. I can hashtag relate <laughs> to Sting here. Like, that's the influence of the police to me. Yeah. <laughs> Made me fear failure really above all else. Oh, so. yeah. That's... Thanks, Sting. Oh, it made me fear failure and taught me about suicide. <laughs> Thank you for shaping my childhood. <laughs> I guess you call it suicide. And I've become a true emotional man. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, the only other thing we get after that that's different is where he goes, Eeyore. I guess yeah. Eeyore. the Eeyore section. Yeah. 
Eeyore. <laughs> and then at the end, he says, he, but they do the, like the trail off where he says, it's a big enough umbrella. Yeah, he kind of like casually sings it like with a different, like it's almost like sing song speaking. Yeah. He's like, big enough umbrella, but somehow I'm always getting wet. Like, it's like, doesn't sound like a planned uh, melody. Like yeah. he's just casually doing it. Like, yeah. To me. But I, yeah, I guess if it was yeah. all based off the demo, then like, that makes sense. So he probably was like, like, well, this is a demo. It ends kind of like this, maybe. Yeah. And then they recorded just it. And kept, like, yeah. Just kept yeah, it. I do like when they're talking about recording. They're like, so we played along with the demo, and we did it in like one take. And it was all right. But also, the demo was rubbish. Like, Yeah, they're like, we fucking hated it. <laughs> also, if you go to the Genius page, um, no uh, if, and go to the Produced By section, it says, Hugh Padgham, Pad, Stuart Copeland, Andy Summers, and one more. And if you click one more, Changes to Sting, which is shorter than one more. <laughs> so, we go genius, you fucking genius piece of shit site that I um, use religiously. Yeah, <laughs> you piece of shit, but also a very useful site for bringing together people to discuss lyrical meanings. That's right. Now let's talk about the fact that this song is four minutes and twenty seconds long. Yeah, um, they really get the content over with really fast, mm-hmm. and then it's a lot of like the chorus it repeats itself sting, a lot too right yeah. kind of ad-libbing his yo which isn't really ad-lib which probably. is that world music or is that reggae what's he doing there i have no idea why is he doing it? is that vo- just sting's those are thing? vocalizations yeah. and i do not know how to define them okay jesse any any definitions on his vocalizations no uh world beat does do that a lot too though right even when it comes to like even like new age techno has some of those kind of repeating kind of sounds yeah but i'm not really quite sure where he got it from but you know, it's there. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly there, and there. some people will try to imitate it, but I think a lot of people don't, which is, yeah, I thought was very it's responsible. It's not scatting, though, is it? It's no. Not, it's it doesn't sound scat. improvised yeah. to me. Yeah, it's not like what Fair. Freddie Mercury does. Bear up. Yeah. <laughs> so this one opens with uh, the piano, right? Yeah, and like, and like cymbals. Yeah, a lot of symbols on the drums, and I really liked the way the drums were on this, especially in like headphones. Mm-hmm. It really felt like they were like moving around you. Yeah, it really made like yeah. a soundscape. Yeah, yeah, which is very cool. It's a very lush sound. It's not as basic as a lot of bands that hardly perform. Mm-hmm. It's actually really yeah, it's it's alluring. It's an allure. It's it's a nice piece. Yeah, it definitely draws you in with the yeah. the instruments, yeah. and the keyboards did add to that. Yeah. So that was, I mean, I know there's, within the band, mixed reception on the keyboards, but yeah. I think at the end of the day, they actually sound pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this song would not be the same without the piano in it. For sure. That's, the piano is like the, the backbone of this, yeah. I would say. Um, yeah, and then in that intro, like, the, everything comes in, really. Like, that guitar's playing was kind of muted, and there's some bass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is one and of those songs piano. where it's a good example where simplicity can go a long way. You don't have to really you know blast yourself to express this song mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of subtleties in this in this piece even how simple it is and so, like how they play it is actually quite genius yeah you're right because like the structure is pretty simple it's like quiet yeah, verse, a lot of repeating build parts. to loud chorus yeah and there's quite a, a contrast between the verses and the chorus mm-hmm. in the song too yeah. without it feeling like too jarring that's kind of like 
not something you really notice unless you listen to it, but it's really quite a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of, as the song progresses, there's a lot of uh, added instruments too later on with the steel pan and even with the cello that he's playing. You don't hear it the entire time, but it's like added there in little segments of it to kind of show its presence that I'm like, it's here. Mm -hmm. I feel like I still didn't. it's not a dominant sound. It isn't like a fiddle or anything that really just like you can hear it all the way through. It's just little tidbits of things kind of wedged in within the song and between lyrics and stuff like that to kind of give it more richness, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Yeah, I feel like I didn't hear like a bowed instrument, even though there was one in the music video and I couldn't pick one out. There is, Mm -hmm. but it's really like, like like a bar or two within like between lyrics. He kind oh. of like strums it a little and, bit because, like, like, I still like hear like a little rub, like boom. an electric bass. But in the music video, he's playing like a like yeah, with a bow, yeah, and he's got this yeah. like upright electric bass yeah. thing. So I don't know. Yeah, I find it also very similar with the steel pan, where it's like you could know it's there. Mm-hmm. You see it. You'll even see that you know in the video, you see someone playing it, but you don't hear it through the entire song. It's just little parts of it. I think I mean towards the end. Yeah, and only where it gets gets a little bit more festive, right? And and it kind of picks up, but it's something that's like you don't hear until you get to that point of the song. It's interesting. Is you brushing your beard on the <laughs> <top> filter? Straighten <laughs> <laughs> it up a bit. Perfect. Um. Yeah, you're right. There is this like subtle like adding in of instruments that doesn't muddy the sound, but like if you're paying attention, you hear it. You're like, yeah. oh. Shit, there's more shit going on here. Well, you see that the guitar is part of the song, Mm -hmm. but you rarely hear it unless you actually look for it. It isn't like dominant. It isn't a dominant instrument. That's right. Is there even a dominant instrument in this? Probably piano more than anything. Yeah, but it also fades a little bit too, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Well, I think the piano gets uh, sort of lost in the blend in the chorus. Yeah, it gets lost in the blend. That's what I mean. Because you hear more of it's just like dominant sound. Mm -hmm. That this is a you know like like a guitar heavy like ACDC is guitar heavy you know. Mm, yeah, this, this is one of those ones that like is, is the complete opposite of that. Right, it's very fluent. Yeah, mm. and I'm realizing now that I attributed a lot of the other sounds to synthesizers, and it stings. So it very well may not be synthesized. Yeah, I think I made the same error. Of Although judgment. some of them do sound like they are being played like with a sequencer or a, an arpeggiator or something. Mm-hmm. So there are some, I think. Probably that the key, probably when he said they were like all the keyboard tracks. Yeah, that's what he's talking that's about. That's probably as well. what he's talking about some synth on there. And there are quite a few, like especially later on, you can hear like sort of the layered piano tracks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a just a nice lively piece. Uh, should we talk about the music video? Yes. 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 <laughs> so this yeah. is the music video doesn't have a lot to do with the subject matter of the no. song. Not at all. It's completely all, like just. <clears throat> It's own thing. <laughs> it's kind of like three parts to it. Mm-hmm. Like there's um, the police in the studio yeah. playing their instruments. And it's very dark. And you, Sting is playing this like bowed electric bass thing that I still didn't hear in the song. Um, everyone else is doing their, their thing. There are like conspicuously some keyboards that no one is playing. Because <laughs> I guess this other dude just wasn't good enough for the video. Right. Um. And then the other section, they are in the like mixing booth, just like fucking around, like yep. being around goofs, in the booth, yeah. and like taking each other's hats. Yeah, taking each other's hats. Um, 
Stuart Copeland is just like pretending to play keyboard on and like sliding right the sliders the all yeah. around. Yeah, and, but just, and then at one point they like on it yeah he like walks on it they like yeah. dance on top of all the machinery which is like oh that's very expensive machinery yeah, I was like god right? damn dude <laughs> yeah damn that better be a broken set seriously and then the other scene where they're like in Africa I assume yeah I'm in like a street Africa. parade I really like, like yeah. the uh, the shadow effect that they did when they, everything went black I mean you just see the outline mm-hmm. like when they're playing the instruments in the well, even there's even Studio? I think it's a sting in front of the microphone and kind of like yeah. waving around and yeah. and you just see that like I like that kind of thing was that, um is that part of their like cover too that kind of scene or in some of their albums and stuff like, um, I yeah I think like their greatest them. hits for sure has their their kind yeah, of yeah like, I've stuff. always I've, I've seen other bands that's kind of very similar yeah I've always it's like it's that. like Bohemian Rhapsody like very yeah yeah, yeah. like but or like, like the Queen too, video of it too where right? it's the, like, I've always liked light. effects like that mm-hmm. and then it goes from that from you know Dark. transition between like just blackness to yeah. the studio and then other scenes and it goes back and forth with that I think I really like that um kind of aesthetic. Yeah, there wasn't a lot in this video to make it, you know, really look like it was professionally done. It's it's almost like slapped on, right? Yeah, it's almost like they just needed a music video we for needed, some reason. Yeah, let's yeah. just put something in there and they just use this. I guess it was '81, so MTV was probably like hitting the peak of its popularity, like, or, or yeah, just at the start. Maybe that's probably why. When did uh, "Born in the USA" come out? Because wasn't that one of the first songs? No, that was the, one of the first things they made a CD of. Um, nineteen eighty, I think, was. Yeah, I thought it start was of MTV, like pretty much the beginning of the yeah. 80s. Yeah, and I think it grew pretty quickly. Quickly, so. yeah. So you're probably in, in the zeitgeist, yeah. if not at the peak. Mm-hmm. Of like, sure, we need a video, and Sting was like, "I have a perfect idea." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck around in the studio with a camera. Yeah. And like that's the whole video. Also, can we put our vacation shots yeah, our in there? Yeah, vacation from Africa where we we <laughs> hung out with some of the locals. Like, shouldn't we put in some kind of romance subplot? No. Why? What about a shot of rainy days? No, he never no. talks to her in the song. So why would you have a romance? A phone, subplot? maybe? No. <laughs> a phone? Anything about the lyrics? No. Anything that relates to the song? No. Yeah, there is no relations to the video, and and the song itself but i guess maybe it relates to their personal struggles with the band in making this song right because they're in that studio they're, they're kind of disgruntled looking at some points they, they until can... they start fucking partying yeah so they they clash at first and then they start partying and so there's a small narrative there's a small narrative that maybe relates to the creation of every little thing she does <laughs> but not magic. this song itself <laughs> yeah how's that for you how's that for you I like it. I think it's pretty good. Any other uh, remarks on the original before we move into the covers? It's one of those songs that would play along a lot in the radio when that first came out. Oh, Even now, too, right? Yeah, it's definitely a radio staple. Yeah. Honestly, Sting and the Police is one of those bands that even though, for example, like back in the day where I still didn't know what this song was, I've never heard it before in particular, Mm -hmm. that is one of those bands that just stood out. Some music is like that, like, Bowie, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Or what, you know, other, like even Zeppelin, like they, they would kind of just stand out. They're kind of a unique sound. Yeah, they are just very unique, and you just kind of like would recognize them right away. And, mm-hmm. then, and then you'd hear their hits all the time, like Roxanne or whatever. Mm-hmm. And things from Synchronicity. But yeah, The Police is one of those bands for me that just kind of like stood out. It was just kind of like always there. 
you'd always recognize it when it'd come on. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no uh, mistaking of who it was. Mm-hmm. Even if you and didn't know that particular song, it that's was pretty what I easy mean. Yeah, you mean like, oh. this, is, this is new for you, but you kind of like, you know what this is, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the police. It's very distinct. Open up. It's the police. <laughs> um. Yeah. With that. Let's jump into our first cover version. Yeah, which is Chakademus and Pliers in the year 1997. So these guys are a Jamaican reggae duo made up of DJ Chakademus and singer Pliers, known for their hits Tease Me and Murder She Wrote. Like the television program. Yeah, the television program. Program. Um, so yeah. this is like the most natural progression of a, a taking a police song is to just make it straight make reggae. It back, yeah, reggae fully. And uh, it opens, they're like doing some like talking, which I guess is probably pretty common. In It's definitely got some like hip hop. Stuff going on too, which I the guess is it's self influenced by mm-hmm. Jam- like Jamaican music, so I don't really know at what point like it would be maybe one genre would influence another that would then influence that first genre again or whatever. But right. it's it's that it's like ninety seven, so it's definitely that kind of I mean post hip hop reggae me of some shaggy songs, yeah. <laughs> and like at the beginning, they're like talking, they're like we love this song. And then he talks about, uh, yeah, you make my skin swell. I'm yeah, like, is he oh. talking about getting the boner? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Gross. Because later on he says, girl, I want to feel your sex swell up you tight. Uh, or something like that. So, yeah. yeah, they're definitely talking about erectile tissue <laughs> of some kind. There's no... <laughs> it's plainly obvious, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so There's no reading in any other way I mean, form. I, this is what it is. I don't know. I, I don't hear like another metaphor. Or Alex anything, is like, so. you can't mistake in this. <laughs> this is exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, yeah. He says the other like rap part. He says, if I told you that I loved you, girl, what would you say? I need you in my life every step of the way. Just believe every word I say. Surrender your love. You will make my day, woman. <laughs> and then, yeah, something love injection, loving section, no substitution to me. <laughs> yeah so it's that and then like and then pliers i assume is the one who's singing yeah like the, the actual every little things yeah. it does and he sings the whole thing right he does yeah. all the verses and the choruses and uh, and they just also have these rap verses in. yeah in which women are told to surrender their love surrender yeah. yourself yeah it's like <laughs> hands up no fuck me <laughs> he also wants to take you on a magic carpet ride yeah that was uh, a random and then later reference. he repeats it but he just says a magic ride so. yeah mm. right <laughs> carpets out of the equation but he also wants to what? make you a proposal to be his wife wow and give you love comfort for the rest of your life Maybe he's only into shaved women. <laughs> Maybe. That magic carpet there's out of no here. no magic carpet here. <laughs> yeah, but there's like Just some other... ice. <laughs> the other thing, like, the bass on this one. I really like the bass tone. Like, yeah. Like, it's basically yeah. the same bass as the original. As you were mentioning, yeah. that was it's already... literally, like, already reggae. reggae. ...influenced or... You know, lifted. Yeah, but this is just like bringing it back into that. Yeah, this was a a natural version. 
the energy and I really like too the was the very similar was. to the original too, right? So mm. even though it's it's presented differently, it still had that same kind of umph and the tempo is still quite similar. It just it felt good. Yeah, it's just like 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 Alex was saying, you bring out that bass tone a little more. Mm. It, it just kind of emphasizes the already reggae bass yeah. line. And then you like the drums are pretty simple on this and uh like it's just a pretty pretty standard reggae track, honestly. Yeah, what this made me think of mm-hmm. um back in our episode our second Gloria episode. Yeah. Laura Brannigan. We did yeah. a song, Hey Gloria. This hey is Gloria. like a good version of that. Yeah. Because it's similar stylistically, but it's good. <laughs> yeah, because so. you take some. And that was, it was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> I just say it's bad. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Yo, so. girl. <laughs> hey, girl. Yo, Gloria. So, yeah, it's a bad one. So, yeah, yeah I can see good. the resemblance. <laughs> And uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, they get the uh, they do yeah, the AOs, but they do the the backup. They have a backup female vocalist doing them. Yeah, that's right. I think that was a good choice. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there's a few that do them as like backup vocals, mm-hmm. and that's almost always a good choice. Yeah, because yeah, because you never want to just try to be Sting. Yeah, that's usually not a good move. No. no. So I've heard that some... before, and it always never goes right. <laughs> <laughs> They've got some cool synthesizers in this song too. Um, yeah. Like there's a transition uh, after the verse where they do like some record scratches, and then there's also like um, a synthesizer playing along with the record scratch right. sound. And it's kind of like uh, it kind of sounds like like there's a higher resonance and the filters moving quite a bit. So it's kind of like doing a zip, 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 like. Or maybe up, I don't remember. Uh, sound. So yeah. Yeah, yeah it was just like it was tight. It was fun. It it kind of took what the original was and successfully translated that. Even if that is a pretty easy step, given some of the some of the basic composition of the original, like sounded good. Good. It was a good version. Should we talk about Soraya in this, so this is uh total locale Hase I'll take you. I'll probably Hase. I looked it up. I don't remember if if uh if there's the A on the end. Uh which translates roughly to everything he does. Possibly translates exactly, but mm. it's just everything he does. Apparently, there's no magic involved, but that was just Google Translate, so I don't know Spanish. Uh, yeah, well, that's weird, right? Because they do try to say magic in this song, I think, but it comes out like Maya. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they do. Uh, is that magic in Spanish? Maybe. Anybody? 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 <laughs> I don't know Spanish. Um, And then at the end, she also sings an English verse. Yeah, that's surprising. Yeah, there me. is a... Yes. For like but, a small part of it too in the end. Yeah, where she does say like magic. Uh and this is also one where they change everything he does yeah. magic. Mm. But um so this one was one of the ones we was we could only find it on YouTube. So the video was not in sync with the music. Yeah. Um it was, was just it like a, a live was it, Yeah, was it actually a live performance or was it just like a recorded it lo- it was on studio stage, song? Wasn't it? It was, being it was played over top of a, being played over a, a video of a live performance. Yeah. That was what it appeared to be. But also, but then also the audience yeah. applause came in. What did you yeah. guys think about that version of changing the changes that they've that they've made for that? 
Um, I mean, I'm not just saying about like a different language, but like this song right. is this version, structure is different. They really mm-hmm. slowed it down, it's or if they didn't slow it down, down, they made it feel slower. Yeah, it is definitely slowed down. the The energy of the song is different. Yeah, I think well. a lot of that is the drums because they're a lot more like tom and like kick focused. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, some I think some hand drumming in there as well, yeah. which adds that kind of calm so nature. It, yeah, it it feels a lot more chilled out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and but then they have this guitar that's like very very overdriven coming yeah. in for the uh the choruses and it is kind of odd because they don't pick it up a lot other than just bringing this like really like distorted sound in which is like mm-hmm. like that's not what it sounds like but there's a lot of like high frequency <laughs> stuff going on yeah and the bass has some some similar kind of like treatment going on to it it's got a very distinctive tone on this mm-hmm. but i liked it i liked that i think i think i did enjoy this version overall and what it did it was very like slowed it down and then i also just love foreign language music because then i just like kind of listened to the lyrics as music too rather than having to right listen to like what she's more saying. sound and yeah mm-hmm. but it's goes very different different part of your brain probably mm-hmm. i don't know Probably. That's I don't my know. guess. I'm not, a, I'm not a brainologist. I'm a brain guy. <laughs> um, her drummer looks like Andre the Giant. <laughs> it's not related to the quality of the song at all. It's just something I noticed. I didn't see that. <laughs> He's there for like a second. I, I like, didn't oh. see that one. I did. He's like, okay, boss. <laughs> Does anybody want a peanut? <laughs> um, Yeah. Yeah, it was just kind of a cool like, I yeah. kind of that's like a like '90s style, I think, is to like slow I know down, it felt like some distortion on it. It was different enough that I appreciated it, but also like I didn't go wild over it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's not a style that like I would su- be super into, but it was interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think that's all I have to say about this one. Now we're gonna jump ten, eleven years Mixo. in the future. Every little thing she does seems magic. Everything she do just drives me on. To this guy who's like some Disney Channel actor guy who did probably some music. Yeah. Because this this was for Wizards of Waverly Place. But just for the soundtrack, I did extensive Googling. It's never been in an episode of Wizards of Waverly Place. It's It's not a real thing. There was... So I guess uh, my understanding of Mitchell Musso, yeah, like he said, he's the Disney star yeah. actor, and he, I think he was in Hannah Montana, because there he was in an episode of Hannah Montana meets the Wizards of Waverly Place, but that's his only credit that has anything to do with Wizards of Waverly Place, and that episode doesn't have this song in it. Hmm. And yeah, then I looked I at know, uh, on the Wizards of Waverly Place fandom wiki, and couldn't it, find uh, it. No, it, it was just like it's on the soundtrack. And I'm like, okay. I'll take your word for it. Sure. I'm not going to look yeah. any farther. So also, in case anyone's not aware, The Wizards of Waverly Place yeah, was a, a television series uh, <laughs> from like Disney. Yeah. Um, starring Selena Gomez, who That's you right. may know as now she does music and stuff, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I guess. <laughs> a general celebrity. I don't know. That's also, insulting. <laughs> Uh, her brother As you can was... see, we're not fans. <laughs> I mean, I I'm sure she's fine. I, I don't know her that well. Oh, no. Technical difficulties in the studio. A couple gaffes in the studio and, here. And this other guy who, you know, the one kid from How I Met Your Mother in the flash forwards. Oh, yeah. 
He was in that. He too. was in Wizards of Waverly Place. David Henry. David Henry. Okay. Look at that. David Henry. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this guy. Yeah. Can you see from over there? <laughs> this no. Guy. Okay. Uh, so yeah, and it was about some like a family of wizards, and they need to like not let people know they're wizards. Right. Witches too. You think that'd be so easy? You'd just be like, I'm not gonna do wizard ship. Yeah, they'd just be like. <laughs> Hey, you're magic. You'd be like, no. No. They'd be like, oh, okay. Magic's not real, dummy. <laughs> Magic's not real, f- fucking idiot. <laughs> what are you high? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So remember when we talked about the original version and how it's this like simple structure, but with like complex playing within it, and that's really that's really what made it like compelling and interesting. What if we took out the complex playing and just left the and simple just left structure? It as the <laughs> yeah. structure? It's like taking the spine of the song and that's it, right? Yeah. Without without the high end, without the the pizzazz. Mm. What the, what makes the song special? This song really just dumbed it down. Yeah. Dulled it down to a point. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like cheating on our part. Because huh? like <laughs> I mean, this is this is like the Disney like Turnout music machine, which do they still do this? I think they do. I mean, didn't Lizzie McGuire have a hit back in the day? Hillary yeah, Duff? it would have been like the place you get Hillary Duff. I'd still originally that, like... <laughs> like original like Miley Cyrus, Hannah I'll Montana stuff. <laughs> um, all the things that like we had the Family Channel. Did you watch the Family? Oh, like yeah. the like I had a Canadian version of the Disney Channel, and they would always play music videos. For like this and this kind of stuff, so it's that <laughs> all the like all the like former child stars who went off the rails. This is where they got their start, except for <laughs> Mitchell Musso. I think he's doing okay. Yeah, he's like later era. So, but all yeah, and this is this was two thousand nine, and mm. it's almost got like this post like my chemical this is like romance the thing going bin on version like of this song. it's the you like emo I mean? influenced version yeah because he's got the like hair you take, straight and smooth yeah, you, thing. you take the song and you remove its balls and this is what you got <laughs> yeah it was um uh, yeah it's like it's exactly it's the lackluster version right it's, you get this post emo influence like this post my chemical yeah. romance and then you get for some reason, you're Disney, but you only have the cheapest guitars <laughs> and drums yeah. available. Yeah, well, they don't want to spend money on these kids. Just, they want to make money off he's these kids. Just through a dumpster. Even with his like, lyrics, when he go. starts to sing, he's still a little bit behind. Because he can't hit those same Actually, notes. Interestingly in- enough, one of the like trivia things about the original was that the lyrics were a bit behind the track. Like, hmm. when they mixed it. You could, well, just you could definitely tell the version of it when he sings it. Yeah. That there is that behind you know just a little bit behind oh, yeah? of yeah I, I noticed that right away when he started singing but the, it's almost like he's really softing it up yeah like, i think no it's push. a lot of like like there's they were no... like hey guy who's an actor maybe do some singing don't worry about being like great at it because we'll totally it. took all the edges off this song and yeah. just wrote the, the straight and narrow point of it right just took out all the fun stuff and made it just this garage style yeah. band. Plus, like I mentioned in the original, my thoughts on the drums, which were they really felt like they were like in a space around you. This totally drops. Like it's very mm. flat mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of that. Yeah. And maybe that's not you know totally necessary in every song, but I don't know. It's missing. Yeah. And it's, the it's... other ones didn't feel this flat. This could have been recorded in a day. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is like we could probably knock out an equivalent here right now. We could probably have a yeah, guitar. we have the instruments yeah. for this. <laughs> we don't have add in, instruments. Add in the you know drum instrumentation, <laughs> electronic drums on it. Yeah, but this is actually a very lackluster version of this song, mm-hmm. considering how rich and vibrant you know the original is. Yeah, even like the bass line has been stripped down to this like climbing mm-hmm. progression instead of. A, and the guitar like in this lively... one is more dominant. Yeah, right? more of like that grunge style kind of. Yeah, it's very crunchy. Yeah, yeah, almost... and the synth and the piano are so mixed lowly you can't even tell it that they're there. It feels like it's like a punkish version without testicles. They put yeah. piano in this one? Yeah, it's, you, can, piano? you barely... You I didn't can, even hear Exactly. It's like there for like two seconds. I had to listen yeah. like three times. <laughs> I was waiting for my plane to get off the fucking ground. <laughs> but yeah, it's there. And uh, it's, it's... It's an Avril Lavigne fan kind of thing. Yeah. Oh. I work with a guy who's a big Avril Lavigne fan. Did he he flew to this? Toronto to see Avril Lavigne. He said really? it was the best night of his life. Did you tell him that Avril Lavigne had been replaced by another woman? I figured that would be too much. <laughs> well, introduce him to uh, Mitchell Musso. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, oh, this is a jam, Alex. This is a great. I always thought the police versions was too complex. <laughs> <laughs> too much going on. Too, too many much keyboards. Drums. I don't understand this version. There's like 12 piano parts. <laughs> Andy. What are you doing here? Oh, <laughs> um, Peter or Piter? Um, I'm just going to say Peter because say it's, Peter. it's uh. clearly the same name, but I don't know if they pronounce Embridge? it differently. Um, Embricks. 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 He's and the Dutch. New Radio Kings. Yeah, he's no, a no, he's Belgian. Belgian actor and singer. And every little thing she does is magic. Everything she do just turns me on. Even though my life before was tragic, now I know my love for her goes on. Yeah, so his website is in, like, Belgian Dutch. Yeah. Actually, I don't know much about him other than those things he said. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spotify then, says the new Radio Kings are renowned, are they? but this seems to be the only album they've ever worked on. They must. I feel like they were put together for this project. Seems maybe that is So they're the probably renowned in the sense they that... They also just might do live shows and not record. That could be mm. it. In the Netherlands. No, Belgium. Maybe Belgium. both. In, um, in the Europe. Also, based on the album artwork... Mm-hmm. And the way the letters are colored, yes, you could read it as Pierre Berhit or Etex. <laughs> so <laughs> check that out. That's, yeah, that sounds great. Um, uh, so this is uh, the smooth jazz version. Yeah, and smooth. It is smooth. The oh, album yeah. is called "Time Is a Thief." I think it's a good yes. time. Yeah. I like that. Um, I do like the style on this one. I was a fan of this one. The mm. I like the like piano I think intro. It owns it. It kind of does this like ascending, descending. It, that's the like boo do 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 Yeah. And his voice has got almost that like like Michael Bublé kind of like. Yes. It yes. definitely um, made me think of Christmas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the instrumentation, you know, intricacies are gone. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was needed for this version. I think he did fine the way it is. And it's kind of like different. With the it's, bass too, and it's more like now they've got these like big jazzy chords and like doing runs between those chords. And I was wondering, are those runs, you know, like jazz stuff where it's like big chord and then like another chord? Like, is that improvised? I think it could be. I feel like, yeah. Because it it's, be. it's, that's essentially know. like the logic of a walking bass line, right? Yeah. yeah, I guess so. You know where you're going. There's yeah. so and many like ways you to have get there. like these constrict constraints on what you're gonna do between those two things, mm-hmm. but what what you do specifically is 
is yeah there's x amount of variations yeah. where x is probably Open. a very large number <laughs> yeah but yeah so I, yeah i would say those are probably improvisational but you're Some right it's beautiful not beautiful jazz mix in it yeah so they replace the the simple structure with a jazz structure yeah and that's why even though they lose the sort of complexity of the original in the playing that style, type of they've replaced yeah. the structure with something that is more yes. interesting. Yeah, which I think it owns it. Mm-hmm. I think I, that I think that's one example of owning a, a version of of another one's another person's song. Yeah, and it yeah, yeah. puts it in a different beautiful. style pretty well. Also, um, in terms of like complexity, I guess like definitely like when the chorus, when everything gets you know big, mm-hmm. they switch to that walking bass line. Which is good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Got a lot of that walking baseline, and those chord changes just come like faster. On the I think piano. it fades too in the end, doesn't he? It's gonna fade away. Fades up for quite a while. Yeah, and I like that. Kind of like a piano solo, and like they got that walking baseline going on. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, you, you do stuff. get your like jazz standards on this, yeah. and that's what really makes it like stand out. Because yeah. even the like the piano mm. isn't the same, but it does sound also like the original sounds kind of spontaneous as well, right? Particularly in the chorus where it does that like da, 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 da. oh yeah and there's, you know, there's like little little things in the original that give you this idea of spontaneity and this one kind of takes that to the logical extreme which is to just a jazz. jazz extreme yeah yeah baby baby yeah there's lots of jazz stuff going on so I'm sure we missed a lot but I also kind of liked right at the end of the bridge which is fairly complex mm-hmm. musically. Um, the piano like starts to really just like play on the syllables. He does the like always be up and like the, they like play the chords right on each of those syllables. Yeah, and yeah. I think that really like underlines it well and makes it really hit. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I think the singing and the instrumentation lends well to a sort of melancholy like theme that's present in the song, obviously. It's got that like jazz discord going. Yeah. On. But there's still enough like energy to it that you're not like sinking in it. They do really yeah. keep the energy up. Yeah. Yeah, and we get the it's a piano solo for the <clears throat> the fade out outro, right? Yes, I believe so. I'm walking bass under. Yeah. Just a lovely little piece. Let's yeah. talk about <laughs> Beverly Harling in Beverly 2012. Do you have anything on this one? Oh, she's a trained violinist and a pro musician. Yeah. She's, got a, she's, she's like a working musician, basically. She's got a lot of credits. Yeah. She's done some film scores. She's got some albums and shit. The album artwork kind of looks like cheap. Like, it looks like like it's a novelty thing. Yeah, it looks like a... I honestly thought this was going to be a spooky Halloween version because it looked like a like a pulp horror yeah. Like, comic kinda, yeah, kind of. And, like, I almost thought... Because it's called, like, Cooking With No Shoes On or something. Yeah. And I thought it was like, oh, does she have, like, a cooking show? And now she's doing an album. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's what, why I picked it in the first place. <laughs> Fair. Um. Yeah, this is got some ukulele. This is, like, ukulele. Is it a ukulele? I thought it was just a plucked violin. Oh, that would make more sense. Yeah, probably that. Yeah. It wasn't a bad she's a violin player. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a bad version either, actually. No, it was like, because uh, she's like got that, she, version, she's right? got her kind of indie, indie darling voice, yeah, so it's a little does, soft. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, it's pretty simple. She just does the, like, the kind of like the main riff on the plucked violin on loop. And then in the next, like, next time the verses come around, we get some actual bowed yeah. violin in there. Feels almost like an Appalachian kind of style. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, I definitely found, like, in terms of the recording style, it felt very, like, present, like, in a room. Like, right. Like, it was being recorded in a room, and you kind of get those room sounds, too. And yeah, some like, of that like, sort uh, of ambiance to the, it. Yeah, the acoustics of, like, a, like a small shed or Yeah, something. which is, like, probably yeah. the best way to use, like, a, a maybe lower-budget recording setup. Yeah, I... But I think for the choices of instrument that was used the use for this song, it kind of fits. Yeah. Right? There isn't a lot. This is probably like her and one other person. Yeah, and like this. she's got to be playing the violin and probably playing all the violin parts, which there are a lot. By the time they get to the <laughs> end, there's like so many violins. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she, it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, she does. Uh, she doesn't do the AOs, but she does like a, a whoa whoa. Right Whoa, near the end, yeah. which I think was uh was a uh, her version of that. <laughs> yeah, just that like kind of not quite ad libbed, but kind of like yeah. vocalizations. There's also in the bridge, the bridge. Um, no, in the cor- in one of her choruses, she has like a drone like on one of the violins, I believe. Mm. And it kind of reminded me in the original. Yeah. I didn't bring this up before, but there's a like synthesizer part. Mm-hmm. Uh, hang on, I gotta go up even more. And it's like this constant sound. It's dr- it's during the bridge actually in the original. This okay. is not, but like it's this is like high kind of like whistle tone being like. Whoo! like throughout the the bridge section right or at least the second half i don't remember um and she kind of like does something similar but puts it in a different part so i don't know a little interesting i don't know if that was intentional or not right but it's also kind of high pitched and and constant yeah i don't have a ton of notes for this one yeah me neither there's oh they have like a is there like a guitar sliding as well in the end i didn't hear one take a look I could get Spotify to work, and I could listen, but I can't. Oh, here it is. Yeah, they are. Here we go. This is coming out of there, maybe. Maybe. I could play it on here. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, probably... Oh, yeah, yeah it, that... that yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I was way off on the instruments names apparently this this week but yeah i assume it's gonna be <laughs> like some kind of stringed instrument it sounds a little lower than a violin to me yeah but um like a bigger violin yeah like a, some sort of large <laughs> violin hmm gavio lux yeah <laughs> um yeah this one overall <laughs> i'd say it's got like a kind of forest magic feel yeah know? it's slow it's, it's slower in some autumnal it doesn't have shack. like like a bunch of rhythm stuff going on yeah yeah it sounds like it's in, in like kind of an organic space uh, with some some stringed instruments gathered around mm-hmm. speaking of stringed instruments this next one. Any, literally any Let song me, we talk about. Any say. song we talk about. The Afghan Wigs in 2014. The Afghan Wigs. I don't really know much of their backstory, but the Wigs were like, that's like a political party, right? I think so. From like back in the day. The big. Um, that doesn't really exist anymore, or they changed their well, name. Well, the British political party. I think there was an American one as well, but 
The Wigs are also an American garage rock band. These guys are the Afghan Wigs. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is like more like post grunge style rock. Mm. Um. Oh, their symbol's an owl. Yeah. That's cool. Political party active in the middle of the 19th century in the United States. Oh, there was a. Yeah. Yes, okay. there was a there was a UK Whig party as well as a uh, American. US one. Okay. Yes, American. Anyway, so I don't know if that means anything, um, or what their political affiliations were, mm-hmm. but I believe that's where the name comes from. Um, what did you guys What did you guys think of this style? Let me see. Let me tell you something, son. <laughs> Big emphasis on guitar in this one, almost like a like a sound wall of yeah, it's picking. like a guitar texture. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. I wasn't a huge fan. It felt like kind of generic as far as this like post grunge style. Yeah. Or, and I'm, I'll admit I'm not that into that s- sound. So maybe that's that's where that comes from. But uh, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan. I don't mind that sound. Um, it's I think he just took the energy from what the song really was and just kind of turned it around. It really was like low energy for yeah, a lot of it. Yeah. Even. Sometimes he would kind of get shouty. Well, there's other songs that are like they slow it down and they change they change the tempo and the energy of the song, but this is not doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, mm. this one just didn't appeal to me. Yeah, <coughs> I definitely agree that it didn't appeal to me very much. Yeah, it was just kind of, I think we've heard a lot of covers yeah. like this, and that it's it's not a it's not a special treatment of the song in any particular no, way. No, you're. And not like, really adding anything to it either, or mm. not really owning it. It's the same thing as just another cheaper version of that, right? Like exactly. It's, it's, yeah. Maybe not quite on the <laughs> on the, like no, Disney not. star level, but I wasn't. But it's uh, heading in that similar direction. Mm, you're not really adding much to it. You're just doing another, you know, version of what we can do with other instruments to, to make this song, and then slowing it down into your own pace. It's almost mm. like yeah, you're just like, like drowning yourself in that sorrowness. Yeah, which because maybe that's the intention, but I'm not. If it is the intention, I didn't. I wasn't in. Yeah. Because this song has a lot of energy. It is pumpy. Yeah. You see them even in the videos getting involved physically, you know, within with the beat of the song. Yeah, and dancing and around on tables. Yeah, on, yeah exactly. With and switches. then you do something that's a little bit more grungier. You take away a lot of the complexities of the you know of the instrument. Uh, that's playing in the song in the main mm. song and then dull it down yeah it doesn't, doesn't like it doesn't, it doesn't have the groove anymore yeah. which is fine this is not the first one that doesn't have the groove but i feel like it didn't really have much else of interest yeah it didn't offer something it didn't else. offer yeah so yeah you get like the drum beats very simple so we lose that very uh, very dynamic drumming mm-hmm. from the original mm-hmm. that we we lose uh, the complexity of the instruments we just get this wall of finger picking guitar um, his voice is fine. He sounds, you know, he's got a he's got a tough, sad voice. Yeah, it's like that kind of gravelly post grunge. Yeah, that voice that you it's get a, it's a style of singing I like, but like yeah. it it was not enough to carry the song on its own. Like it's not doing anything good. We get a violin coming in for a bit, but again, yeah, there's a few times like there's some strings and there's some piano that come in later on that are a little bit out of place. I mm-hmm. thought because like in the beginning they're not there, and then they sort of in. in- introduce them <laughs> yeah and it's just a little bit awkward i think i felt mm-hmm. like they didn't really have much of a place in the song mm-hmm. no. yeah agreed yeah and so yeah and then it ends with some he does the aos too he's like oh 
which is real weird because it's so yeah. like low energy and yeah. it doesn't sound like oh yeah like yeah which is like you know he's saying it because he has all these these energy and emotions and it's just like he's saying fucking noise yeah <laughs> it's like when people speak just in noise. tongues at church right like <laughs> it, it, it's an imitation yeah <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and ends on a couple echoey piano notes. Wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> Neutral. <laughs> Next. Well, Next. Yeah, we're going to talk about jazzistics and Lana. Every little thing she does is magic. Everything she did just turns me on. Even though my life before was tragic. Now I know my life for her goes on. And, uh, these guys, Jazzy Sticks, we talked about them What's on the so Forever amazing? Young episode. Is they, it, have we talked about them more than once? Possibly. Because I feel like they've come up because we were like, is it Jazzy Sticks? I don't know. Or is it Jazzistics? Um, and do you know who Lona is? I think she's Polish. Yeah. Because her song, just if you look her up on Spotify, some of her song names, are according Polish? to Google Translate, uh. auto-detect are po- in Polish. Yeah, I guess she's probably just like some Polish singer. Yeah, I couldn't find much <laughs> other. Because like, I looked up Lona and they're like, did you mean Lorna? I'm like, ah, no. <laughs> So yeah, we we talked about them on the Forever Young episode. They do like jazz stuff. They've also recently, I think it was October fourth, released a cover of "Riders on the Storm," which you cannot hear us talk about in our "Riders on the Storm" episode, <laughs> also featuring Jesse Crossley. Check it out on Check your favorite out. podcasting app, which might be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Podbean, or it's something else. Google, Google podcasting podcasting app. podcast app. Yes. Okay, Jesse, tell me what you, what you thought of this one. Smooth. Beach Smooth. dog music. Beach Dang. lounge. Beach dog music. Beach style. Got it. Beach dog <laughs> style. Right. So like a lounging it's pretty, beach. Yeah, it's a very yeah. loungy kind of sound version. Like a European you know? beach. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was okay. There's a lot of sounds in this one. Yeah. It's... Um, like they have this like flute riff coming in. Yeah. And like there's a guitar kind of picking. There's like this ambient it's also synthesizer. Complex in its own way, right? With a lot of they've got a lot of on. stuff but happening. It's, it's yeah. Slower. Mm-hmm. So it's slower. It was more smoother for sure. It was. Uh... Let me just play it real quick so I can get it. Yeah. Get get, get us a vibe of that. Mm-bam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is very beachy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty version, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, just a lot of sounds. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about uh, Lona or Lana's singing. It was very whisper singing to me, and not, yeah. as, not in a positive way. It was. I, I it didn't turn me off or anything. It was it but I agree. Okay. I agree. I didn't like seek out her other songs. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it didn't make make me want to hear more of her work. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't like, you know, I didn't despise this version. Right. Yeah. It's... I think. Yeah. I think this version had a lot going for it in terms of. Just having a bunch of shit going on. There's a, a different percussion section. It's not the just the masterful drumming of right. the original. It's... I was trying to figure out if they were playing a clave pattern. Mm. And I never did figure it out, but I did stumble across a YouTube channel called Dance Poppy. Right. You were so, telling me about this. <laughs> if you want to learn about how to dance like salsa, that's on YouTube. Not <laughs> yeah. surprisingly. But uh, I wasn't able to figure out if it was a particular clave style pattern or not. Were you able to dance salsa though? No, well, I was sitting down. Um, I like to think I could learn it if I tried. Tried, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to know, Alex. Yeah, it's so there's like a shaker kind of percu- percussion. I think a wood clacker too. 
some kind of there's some some very organic sounding. Yeah, yeah, they have a lot of that. I mean, we're gonna talk about this more on the next one, but mm-hmm. even some like like Brazilian style sounding stuff. Yeah. I like the flute. I thought the flute was a good choice. Yeah, I think the flute that's was very, a good sound. Very sting yeah. influence too, because for sure he's a fucking flute guy. Yeah, and uh, there's like some ad libbing mm. um, at the end, but like it's it's actually different, different ad libbing. Mm. When we get like a orchestral swell on the collar up section, that is how to collar up. She just does a lot of ad libbing. Yeah, like lines. She talk about how it's a big enough umbrella. <laughs> It's a big heat up umbrella. Um, yeah. That's this one. Should we jump to Marcella Mangabera? Manjabara? Every little thing she does is magic. Everything she do just turns me on. Even though my life before was tragic. Now I know my love for her goes on. Alex, help me out here. Huh? I was just going to say, oh yeah, it's for like... Man- let me see. No. Nothing? No. It's going to be like, uh, I'm just going to say Manga Beria. Yeah. Or sure. Manga Beria. I, I don't really know. So Manga Beria? G would be pronounced. Probably just like a guh, right? Yeah. Like a guh, yeah. I don't know. If you know how to pronounce it, hit us up on Twitter. Yeah. Hashtag, here's how you pronounce it. I looked you up on <laughs> Google, and like the first result is like, Marcella Manga Beria, age, biography. Oh. Okay. Anyway, um, she's a Brazilian singer. It seems like she primarily does covers, from what I saw. Yeah, it's like bossa nova style, like covers. Yeah, because this is off an album called Bossa Rock. Bossa Rock. Also, she's Brazilian. Now, Alex, mm. I ask you this every time the the phrase bossa nova comes up. Yeah. What is it? What is bossa why, why nova? Do, why do I keep shouting it when I ca- catch bossa waves? nova? All right. <laughs> well, <Nova>. I have. <laughs> <laughs> I have an answer for both those questions. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh, Bossa Nova translates to new wave. Um, is a musical genre developed in Brazil. Kind of, I don't know the whole story, but like it's kind of an offshoot of like jazz, but done in like a more Brazilian way. Okay. You know, um, with whatever instruments and attitudes and rhythms and stuff. Right. So I guess. Add to it. One of the biggest differences I can think of off the bat is the percussion, because yeah. jazz is very much a kit based. And this still has kit stuff. Mm-hmm. Bossa Nova definitely still does like kit based drumming, but you know you can add more other stuff to it as well. Mm. And that's that happens in jazz as well. Sometimes you have like a djembe player. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but it's fine. Whatever. Um, this also has like the more like electronic style stuff that you hear in more modern bossa nova, according okay. to a thing a guy told me one time, and I believe him. Nice. So <laughs> simple as that. And as for your second question, that would be uh, because it's a reference to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, <laughs> which we're making a lot of today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So bossa nova. Uh, so bossa nova. And yeah, they also like this one's also got like an electric piano. Comes with an electric piano. She's like humming mm-hmm. at the start. Uh, it's kind of got it's a little got got that sort of laid back feeling that you get in a lot of bossa nova. Yeah, music. Uh, the drums are doing more like a bossa beat, and that like 
click sound when yeah. you hit the hit the side of the snare. Yeah, that you get yeah. a lot of bossa nova music. Um, and also once the bass comes in after the like intro, there's like what I like to call a rubber band synth, mm. uh, which basically just means on a synthesizer when you turn up the release on the um amp and turn down the release on the filter so that as you lift off the note it stays for a while but the sound changes after you play it so you let off and and it kind of does the like after you play so it goes i call it rubber band right i don't i don't know because it sounds like Uh, it always makes me think of a rubber band changes right yeah and uh, and yeah and that filter moves like that so that took me a long time to figure out (laughs) because one thing that took me a very long time to realize when playing the synthesizer was that like the relative times between the filter and the amplifier change how things work um because if the filter like changes while you can still hear the note obviously it's going to be different from if the note drops off and the filter still changing doesn't matter right if you can't hear anything but that took me a long time to figure out and i was like why is it clicking oh because like <laughs> this is longer than this thing so not just the length but also the relative length to the other the, mm. the complementary um section of the um filter versus the amp Okay. So that's what happens here. There's also like a higher twinkly synth playing. Yeah. And there's some flute playing here too. I did find the synths very like distracting. Like they sounded yeah. cool, but they like pulled me away from everything else. Cause I was like, what's this doing here? Synthesizer. <laughs> I didn't know. Well, I gotta say, maybe you, you but I was too busy being like, Oh, rubber me. bands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your mind was somewhere else. <laughs> I was thinking about rubber bands. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I do. Oh, she does the the whole ass every little like where he does that every little thing, every little every, every little thing. thing. She does that too, right at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, I'd say this is very much yeah like bossa nova style. Yeah. Um, version of the song like similar to what we were saying before with uh, yeah. There's some similarity to the uh, what was the f- like first one? Um, hang on. The Peter Ambrecht's version, yeah, where it was like, yeah, it's like a different feeling, mm-hmm. but they do a pretty good version. I, I, I liked this version. Um, similar in style, even to the jazzistic one. Yeah, uh, especially out of the, with the, the, that flute do, connection, which I guess makes sense because, uh, yeah, the flute also just because like there is a relationship between jazz and bossa nova, so there's like some borrowing back and forth mm-hmm. between the two. So if you're playing a song like. Every little thing she does is magic, which has some like Caribbean influence too. Right. You would probably take that south a little bit. Right. And take the bossa nova influence back into jazz if you're doing a jazz cover. So there's that. Yeah. So there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. Good, good map of the genres yeah. here. And yeah, so there's a lot of like, yeah, jazzy like type reharmonization of chords and mm-hmm. stuff. And you get those really like big sort of dissonant stuff or what do they call them? Tensions yeah. in chords. Um, some cool stuff with yeah, the chords and the rhythms, and uh, also like there's a kind of fair amount of restraint I thought in this one, because like nearer to the end, there's like a big like it sounds like a big swell, and they kind of do the big swell, but mm. like don't really like stay up high or something. It kind of like just mellows out after. Yeah, I think I I it's almost I think fake you're out. Right, yeah. yeah, 
And honestly, like I did compare this one a lot to the the Jazistics version. Yeah, and I think sure. between the two of them, this one shines a little more for me. I agree with that. It felt a little more like unique, maybe just because it's a genre that we have less exposure to. Yeah, so maybe it's actually it's a, a little bad more version, yeah. but <laughs> maybe it's a bad bossa nova version. But I dug it. Yeah, and I I thought the vocals were better on it than on the. the That's version. true. That's true. Lona was a little bit more generic then. Yeah. Jesse, any th- final yeah. thoughts on this one? Sorry, no, I feel like I've been talking as, this whole not time. Not as much, actually. <laughs> Sorry? Um, I wasn't big of a fan of this one. No? Actually, compared but, to uh, Jazzistics or just oh, generally? Compared to Jazzistics, I would I'd give it a little higher grade. Than <laughs> okay. Jazz. But overall, not a huge Overall, fan? Yeah, I wasn't, that, I wasn't really thrilled with this one. Mm-hmm. It's, I have a hard time sometimes with some energies, with songs of presentation, you know, when you're... Mm-hmm. If an original song is a certain... You know, um, I guess pulse to it, mm-hmm. right? a certain quality to it, and it, it changes. You better have something to add to it, and then just dull it out. And this yeah. is the one that didn't really give me much more than mm-hmm. what the original already gave. In terms of like the energy, yeah, or even like I mean, like there were other there are other covers that would change a certain flow of the song, but which still makes it interesting. This one just didn't give it to me. Okay. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, I would say like it kind of still follows the structure pretty close to the original, so it still is like within the lines of being within a the, straightforward yeah. cover while still changing the genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. With that, let's talk about Barb Younger and John McDaniel in the year 2018. Just- Every little thing he does is magic. Everything he do just turns me on. Even though my life before was tragic, now I know my love for him goes on. Do I have to talk about in our it was an episode on the Beatles? Oh, yeah, was it getting better? Yeah, was getting better. Oh, because she did the fucking medley, didn't she? Better, better, getting better. So, I'm starting to think I don't like Barb Younger. I'm thinking the same thing. (laughs) Opinions? (laughs) I'm kind of with you on that. I found that the intro on this, the piano is very aggressive Mm -hmm. in this particular song, it is kind of like sharp. Yeah, sharp. He plays those chords. It's very just like. I think it felt like they were trying to compensate, but there's no other instruments happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they use they really like slam on that piano to really get that sound, right? Yeah, and they really slam on the the vocals too. Are very staccato. Yeah, this is also one of the shorter versions I found. Pretty short. This song was under three. Was it three minutes under? Um, it was like. Two something, yeah. It is two something. Uh, two eleven. And the original yeah. and the original song is four minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm thinking, what part of the song did you cut out? Right. Although the original does have a lot of like repeat the chorus and yeah. like ad lib at the end. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you True could that. shorten it pretty but easily. Half of the of the song, like, yeah. yeah. Two minutes. <laughs> like you're gunning through it. It does gunning, go really you're fast. You're gunning too. through it. Yeah. yeah, it did Just feel. Get it over with, right? Pound on those pianos. Finish the song, record it, and let's go home. Yeah, it does kind of feel like she's she's like rushing, and nothing really like sits. It's like they just no, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, next came thing. with the, uh, it still felt kind of rushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree for sure. Um, and then at the end they do like a little key change, like the, yeah, like I believe. Uh, and yeah, it doesn't really do much. It felt like theater to me. You know when you go into like a like 
like a show and you hop and watch the play in front of you mm-hmm. and then below you is the band playing yeah. the soundtrack like of that play it felt kind of like that yeah 100%. where like they're not really the focus because it's like a no. high school performance yeah. and everyone's just there to see their yeah. kids yeah except you're adults yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah i know i there wasn't really like much to it i uh, obviously the there's only piano so the rhythm is gone like the groove is gone and I've already s- had cases where I've said, well, you know, it didn't replace it with anything interesting. Yeah. It's still true. You don't um, add anything to the yeah. song. I think I'm just not a fan of Barbie Younger. And having done a couple of her songs on this already, oh. this is like the same thing. It's, oh, it's Yeah, it's like, literally the exact same thing. So she hasn't, <clears throat> I don't know anything about her, but you guys have know that it's. It's just a repeat of another thing. Uh, yeah, right? I think you yeah. hit the nail on the head when you said it's some theater shit. It's yeah. Like, that's all it is. That, is that what... Did I hit it? Did, yeah. Did like, I hit the mark there? Yeah, that's 100%. That's how I felt when I was listening to this song. Because I'm pretty sure I said something similar when we talked about her last time. It's just some I mean, yeah, musical I think you theater. Like... That, yeah. <laughs> it's... it's... The back alley gig. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's just boring. It was boring. Stupid. Yeah, downright yeah. boring. Not a fan. We're gonna go Barb. from that version to perhaps the the most instruments. The version with the least instruments to the most. The most instruments. With Jacob Collier, uh, the Metropole Orchestra, and uh, Jules Buckley in 2018. Every little thing she does is magic. Everything she do just turned me on. Even though my life before was tragic. Yeah, so he's an artist who, like, I looked him up, and the suggested search topics were like, "Is Jacob Collier a genius?" <laughs> and then this is an orchestra, right? Yeah. So the Metropole Orchestra is a uh, German orchestra, I believe. Hang on, the Metropole Orchestra is a multiple Grammy-winning jazz and pop orchestra based in the Netherlands. And it is the largest yeah. full-time ensemble of its kind in the world. Yeah, so they, there's a lot of sounds going on in this one. Actually, yeah. more about the artist. This is, like, off of an album called Jesse uh, with a D. Oh. Uh, that's oh. silent, I think. Or maybe you pronounce it with some... Jesse. Yeah, maybe, like, kind of pronounce it. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I would still say djembe, but, like, oh, there's so a there's D like there. A little, yeah. And, like, I think some, like... Speakers of different languages would maybe pronounce it differently. So it's as if there is a D there. But anyway, um, and it's like the it's part one. There's supposed to be four parts. And if you look at the album artwork, it seems to be like four elements themed. So now there's two parts out, and they both have that kind of theme. So I don't know. Maybe there's gonna be there's supposed to be two more. Okay. Right. Um. And so, but yeah, there's a lot of instruments playing mm-hmm. on this track. So Jacob Collier, like you said, he's like oh. he's this young guy. He's born Very 1994. Young. Yeah. So just just a little bit younger than Very us. Nice. 25 or so. And yeah, so he's a singer, arranger, composer, producer, and multi instrumentalist from London, England. He was he's one of these guys who kind of got YouTube clout. He uh, did like a cover of Stevie Wonder's. I don't remember which song, but he covered Stevie Wonder's song, and that kind of propelled him to fame. Right. And now he is getting to work with orchestras and shit. So uh, the other guy, Jules Buckley, is a conductor, which is funny. You never usually see them credited individually. But yeah, <laughs> so for the like the orchestra, the yeah. like Metropole Orchestra. Yeah. Or however you would say that. Yeah, Metropole Orchestra. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's much of a Dutch accent. The thing about Dutch accents is you have to drop this part. Okay. And be like. <laughs> okay, hit me. It's a Metropole Orchestra. No. 
on. <laughs> That's not something that I know how to say with like a Dutch accent. All I right. can say like frozen. Frozen. Can I say metropole? No. <laughs> Damn it, Still no. <laughs> um, anyway, I would describe this version as. You said this before, but I think this is more. It's very lush. There's yes. just so much stuff happening, yes. and like it, I think the orchestration is quite nice. Yeah, there's a lot of things happening, but like they go together. And yes, like they sound good. Yeah, and I they... think this is a uh, well crafted. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a really slick little bass line that they pull off before he goes back to. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, it's just a sick. I heard that. I was like, hey, that again. I know it's like barely that. Like these woodwinds come in, and then it's like this little bit, and then suddenly the bass just does the thing. Oh damn! Yeah, bass. I was like, stop, play that again. That was sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really great. Um, and the other thing, uh, there the first chorus is like kind of almost acapella, and they don't mm-hmm. do that again. But it like has an acapella sound to it. Mm. There's instruments, but like the way he sings it is very like acapella style. But like, there's yeah. still like a funky bass line, which is maybe even like vocal bass. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because I think there is some vocal like low bass note notes. Yeah, that's yeah. it's almost like Paul Simon esque to me. Where yeah, I felt like they broke like, this song get, down. Like, the, his choir on. Oh something, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. The like yeah. South African. Yeah. Choir. Yeah, I felt like they broke this song down into pieces mm-hmm. and really went to town with it to really see what kind of changes and you know a- like additions they could do with it yeah i think that they really like analyzed yeah. this song and just constructed it into like you know from a little sedan into a truck exactly again <laughs> took all these like what are sort of larger parts in the original where it's like the verse the chorus and then it's like there's these little moments in the verse and all these yeah. little moments yeah. in the chorus and yeah, and since they have this whole orchestra, they can just do all these like incredible yeah, transitions. That's, that's, mm-hmm. They and really broke it down and started adding all these little pieces and t- you know whistles to mm-hmm. it. It's beautiful without making it like busy. It's just yes, simply it's well, that's like, tricky space. to do, yeah. right? That's tricky. Sometimes you end up adding too much; it becomes chaotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and like we said about the original, or what I said about the original, uh, uh, with the in terms of like the change of energy between. Like the verses in the chorus, uh, where it's like quite a bit higher in the chorus, but it's almost less noticeable. This like just cranks that up, and then yeah. you know he's got this like, oh, I have my best. To-. Like it's kind of quieter in the mm-hmm. verse, and then like hits the chorus, and it's just like totally bombastic, totally massive, mm-hmm. and just like it's like it's just like celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dug it. Yeah, I thought I this it. one was fucking tight. Um, I almost thought it sounded like an opening for uh, for like the next Final Fantasy game. i didn't play final fantasy 15 but geez now i want to yeah i did before because it's uh, similarly florence and the machine does a cover of stand by me which has some orchestral elements in it and it's honestly my favorite version of stand by me not to not to flag the episode not to spoil the episode where we do that too much but like just phenomenal and a very just a very the final fantasy 15 is a game i love and hate i think it does a lot really well but what it does really well is the music and that opening yeah. with Stand By Me is just, like, it's perfect. Oh, cool. And so I could see this being in a similar context because it has these grand instruments I and see, it has yeah. this pop rooting. It's rooted in a pop song. Like Yeah. And then just manages to incorporate the symphonic sound very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Orchestral sound. So with that, 
Let's get into our final review. There's going to be three categories today. As always, the worst version and the best version. And, of course, for the Halloween Spooktacular, which is the, the, the Halloweeniest or spookiest version of this? Scary. Ooh. Jesse, you are our guest, so you'll go first. What's the worst version of this? <laughs> Must I actually say it? Yes. Our Disney friend. Oh, yeah, Michael Mitchell. What's Mitchell his name? We can't even pronounce his name. He's uh, forbidden. Da, 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 da. Yeah, Mitchell Musso. I think that was the most, the first one. When I heard that song, I was going, oh, this is ick. This is actually like taking it and it's almost an embarrassment to the song. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, like if you had played me this song before I I'd heard the original. It's not a hard song to really, if you, if you choose this on the cover, it's not a complicated song. Mm. It's not like, you know, the lyrics repeat itself. It's not even written like really like amazingly, but there are sparks to it. Yeah. Right? How it's played, there's a lot of energy and the sparks to it and the complexity of the, of the instrumentation, how it's played. Mm-hmm. This one just literally just took all of that and just drained it. Yeah. And didn't even keep up like any energy or anything. No, like, it was just yeah. It was I think slap you could on. do a version of this where you you don't play as technically well, but you put in a lot of energy, right? You kind of make the difference between the verse and the chorus that much bigger. Yeah, mm-hmm. like go real punk rock on the chorus and then real sparse on the verse. Yeah, I think you could do a punk rock. Cover. Yeah, or like I, ska punk. Yeah, right. That would generate some interest without having to be technically proficient with your instruments. Mm-hmm. But this is there's no technical skill. There's no energy. It's I think it's poorly mixed. Poorly, it, mi- I think even the lyrics, really the his voice himself is very wimpy in it as mm-hmm. well. There's very little energy. It was just like it's, it felt like just get it done. Just get it done and go. Exactly. There was like, yeah, just you're like, please move on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Give me, give me the next song on the Wizards of Waverly soundtrack. Which, uh... I got TV here. I got a show to do in ten minutes. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my thing about this song. Yeah. Is that it really is when you take a song that's already beloved, right, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, oh, the next and, then, and then you make your own. It has to have you have to present something to add to it, mm-hmm. or at least match that energy or something of the reason of why you're doing this cover to begin with. Yeah, and this one just didn't have any of that. No, Alex, what comes next on the Wizards of Waverly playlist? Uh, the next on the Wizards of Waverly playlist soundtrack yeah. is a cover of Magic Carpet Ride <laughs> by a group <laughs> called KSM. <laughs> All right, Alex, what is the worst version of this song? Oh, uh, yeah. Also Mitchell, Mitchell Musso. Musso. Um, yeah, you agree? <laughs> I, I for sure agree with you. Like, the big thing, like, listen, <laughs> actually, when I first listened to it, and it was just, like, in the background of my car, I was like, mm-hmm. not, that's not terrible. Yeah. Right? You know, like, I was kind of half listening to it. And then, but as soon as I got, like, the headphones on, I was like, oh, why did they do <laughs> now that? Now I'm actually listening to it. It's like, damn, this. Yeah. This is not it what was, I expected. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because in my head, I was like, they actually, they actually put a decent cover on a fucking disney soundtrack no 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 they did not they didn't they didn't i was mistaken yeah and i learned my lesson yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna make it unanimous definitely mitchell musso is the worst worst version of this i mean there's other not great versions it's just so bad honestly i could throw a bone to barb younger for being just awful yeah i also didn't like barb younger um i didn't yeah that's so yeah yeah that's I didn't really like the Afghan wigs, but like this no. one is just far and away the worst. Absolutely. That like nothing else can get it's, there. Yeah, it's t- <laughs> <laughs> Jesse. What is the best version of this? 
the best version? Uh, I'm kind of a little bit torn, but uh, Peter Ambridge wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that one. I thought actually, honestly, like for as simple as the song got, and, and, you know, with his hands, it actually sounded good. And I liked it. I appreciated it. It was a good version. Yeah. I don't know if it's the best. Like it just of, has of to be your favorite. List, but mm-hmm. to me, it actually was the one I could listen to again. It yeah. It wasn't bad. It's definitely a solid version. It's just... it a solid version, yeah. Yeah. A lot of technical skill on it. And like it takes it takes from the original and, and builds like on Michael it. Michael Buble. Yeah. So that kind of style, you know, I'd, I'll dig it. Fuck yeah. Alex, what do you got for Number me? Number one, uh, Jacob Collier. Yeah, actually, 100%. like pretty pretty easy uh, decision for me. I just really dug it. I like looked up his music afterwards, and if my fucking Spotify app would have worked, I would have downloaded it and listened to yeah. Gem- that was er, my other choice, Jesse. Too. Yeah. Um, volumes one and two, but my phone is being a dick, <laughs> and my Spotify is not working. Yeah, hey Spotify, fix your fucking app. Uh, so I can get to the <laughs> login page. I like deleted it several times, but I cannot log in mm. or get music. It might be because my SD card is busted. Not I have to yet. do some your, your maintenance today. Yeah. So we'll see. Anyway. Yeah. You? Um, is that your, for me? Yeah. I'm probably going to go with Jacob Collier. Jacob Even Collier? Just, I just like listening to us talking about the I know, covers. It was, it was like. Solid. It's like this like, fucking yeah. song. It yeah. made me feel real joy for the first time. <laughs> yeah, good God. <laughs> in years. <laughs> yeah, it was just dynamic, which yeah. again we've said of the original. It was a toss-up for me between those two. Yeah, I think yeah. they both. I, I did strongly. like a lot of the jazz covers. I like. Mm-hmm. I even thought I thought Jazzistics was decent, but I liked the the like Bossa Nova one a little better. Like mm-hmm. Peter Embricks. I thought that yeah. was a good fit for it. And unfortunately, that's overshadowing the uh, what others. Style that we get from the like Jackadamus version, which, which I, yeah, I thought was cool. a great version. But yeah, uh, but the jazz versions have more reinforcement. There's like three of them, so they stick in your head. Yeah, and you're like, oh, it must be a good idea. So many people are doing. Yeah. It must be a good idea. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it has has to be Jacob Collier. Absolutely. Now here's the difficult category. Which one of these is the best Halloween track? Ooh, the spookiest one. Okay, the one that makes me feel most Mitchell like Musa. someone's like. <laughs> Is the one that scares me the most. <laughs> about wizards, man. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> the one I get the most, like, subtly violent, possibly stalkerish vibes from mm. is probably the Afghan wigs, because he's Afghan a little bit wigs, like, yeah. I don't know, I feel a little uncomfortable around, yeah. like, this, like, soft post-grunge thing. Well, oh, Spotify stopped. What a surprise. Hey, Spotify, fix your fucking app. Yeah, fix your shit. <laughs> Please. I'm, I'm starting to pay real Spotify fees this month instead of student ones, so I'm yeah. pissed. <laughs> you better step up. Yeah, so Afghan Wigs for me is the spookiest the spookiest. Version. Okay. I gotcha. Also, I'm scared of <laughs> Afghanistan. <No. laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesse, you're locking it in with Mitchell Musso as the spookiest version. Oh. I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> just it's the first song that I heard when it comes to all of the you know of the list of the of the the remakes, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, "Fuck! What have you done?" Like, this is like, where we're starting. Like, like, where are we I going? I know this song. I've heard this song a lot, right? Yeah. And I'm like, "What have you done to it?" You know. <laughs> this is a beloved song to me. Yeah. What have you done to it? It just bastards. became tragic. 
Which rhymes with magic. Hey. Tragic. And pelagic. And pelagic. And bathopelagic. Um, yeah, I think for me, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Beverly Harling for a Halloween one, because she's got that like like autumn witch vibe going on. Yeah, I have always associated that kind of like rockabilly dress style. Yeah. With I did like that one too. With like the occult, you know? Yeah. And uh she has that rockabilly dress style on the cover. On the way. cover, yeah. So, yeah, I believe it. I got more pagan sound from her, you know. It really. Oh, and that because yeah. it's got the sound of like just being like a plucked instrument in a in yeah. a shed. Yeah, yeah. In I the really woods. thought that kind of like Appalachian kind of style. Exactly, I hundred percent feel like I'm visiting some weird woman out in the woods. Yeah. She's making tea. I don't know if it's magic or poison or what, but and maybe no both. Sh- no one's wearing shoes. So maybe magic. No shoes are on. <laughs> maybe poison's a little magic. <laughs> maybe. Maybe the last visit you'll ever make. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my hot pick there. I think it would go good on a Halloween playlist as a little palate cleanser between thriller and uh, monster mash. Monster mash. <laughs> yeah. Don't fear the reaper. Don't fear the reaper. This is a reminder to add hazy shade of winter to your Halloween playlists. That's a great song. Yeah, good song. Good song. Good song. Good for the season. That's been our final reviews. If you got Woo! the same opinions, different opinions, or if we you want to talk about a cover we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter at uh, Jake the Cressy. That's J A K E T H E C R E S S Y, or at some Alex Wise guy. That's S O M E A L E X W I S E G U Y. God damn it, man. Damn, man. Yeah, but there's no underscores, so... No underscores. And, like, I was on top of it. I think I nailed that one last week, and so I came in this week. I'm like, I can get it. And, no, came out at half, half It's cocked. just all those words. They're spelled normally. Yeah. Hashtag CoverMePod. Um, or hit us up at our email address. That's CoverMePod at gmail.com. Um, we uh, would do a question box this week, because Sean sent us one in, but... I don't think Jesse knows enough about the band The Darkness for us to all three tackle it. Oh, God. <laughs> I know some, and they're all not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> there you have it. There's his opinion. So, we'll, so, John, we'll hit that question up next week but for you. But he'll enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this bonus segment today, I'm going to ask the question, what's like the scariest song you know in terms of either lyrical content or just like general vibe? It doesn't have to necessarily be the scariest. Just pick some scary ones. You're going to have to think about Witchy Woman. Witchy Woman, yeah. Mm. Talked about that one last like, year. Legitimately, like, horrific. Yeah, something that gives you some spooky vibes. Like, there's this song by uh, the Toadies. I believe it's called Tyler. And if, you, if you're only listening to it in the background, it just kind of sounds like a sweet love song. But then, because he's, he's saying, how, like, how I'll be with her and stuff. But then, what does he say? He's like... I come to the kitchen, get myself a beer. He can like hear her like screaming and like trying to close the door, <laughs> and, like clearly trying to like get away from him. And then he's like, "I will be with her tonight," and it's like, "Yo, <laughs> dude, <laughs> this song got dark." Damn. Um, Sing it with an axe in your hand, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like it's fucking spooky. I'm, I'm, for me, like a lot of. No, okay, that's a weird way of starting that sentence. Scratch that. Uh, def- <laughs> I, it's not. I can't think of anything more recent, but I know back in the day, like listening to the wall always made me feel a little uneasy. Yeah, mostly just because of like the subject matter, and maybe it's not like spooky, but I always felt like a little bit weird when I was 
that stuff because it's all about you know like psychological state of somebody so it's Jeez, a little more on the psychological side yeah. Yeah. I felt the same way especially with the wall mm-hmm. now Dark Side of the Moon didn't give me that but the wall did yeah Dark Side of the Moon's almost like a celebration of it in some way which does not say that it glorifies it, but it kind of yeah. just puts you in it, and you're like, wow, this is an interesting space. We cover concepts of, like, death, fear of death, the passage of time. Like, there's a lot of darkness in it, but it's I not... I think that might be also a reason why I didn't really get into Kurt Cobain. Mm. Is that kind mm. of a similar feeling of that kind of, you know, that kind of energy, right? That even though I like that kind of genre... The feeling that I got when I hear his word was like, well, it's sorry, but it's not. It's making you, it makes you feel kind of uncomfortable in a way. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really much to talk about when it comes to like even with politics, but it's mostly about the the psychosis of a person. Right. Actually, that was kind of the other thing I was thinking about was kind of early '90s grunge and things that would have been influenced by that yeah. kind of sound and idea. Mm. I'm trying to remember what the song Jeremy is about. Is that suicide, like about a mass su- suicide? Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of spooky. That is kind of spooky. Yeah. Well, that whole that whole video is even spooky when he shoots himself in front of the class. Yeah, right. The so. whole class is covered in blood, and you're like, well, these are things were happening also at that time too, right? And then after that, mm-hmm. so it just yeah, it's in that genre. I kind of st- I try to step away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things do get pretty heavy in there. Yeah. Um, another, an Alice Cooper one that I think is kind of haunting and not in just like a, his, but it's playful. Yeah. Cooper's playful for the most part, but the song, I think it's Steven, right? Steven. That's off. Uh, is that off? Welcome to my nightmare. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That one, which is sort of like waking up part or a bit. It's like the intro to it is just like, just kind of haunting. And he talks about how there's one line about how he wants to like still be young. He's like, let's, right. and they're like, oh, let's be great, big man. Oh, he does the weird voice. Yeah, it's just very, like, something is childlike about it, and yeah. then that makes it more vulnerable, and so that one, I find, gets a little little haunting in some ways. For yeah, me. and in terms of Alice Cooper, he also, he has an album, I believe it's called From the Inside. Yeah. Uh, that's all about, like, his time he spent in, like, a sanitarium for oh, his wow. alcoholism, so, like, all the songs are about people he met in there. I had no idea because I've listened to that one yeah. and it, the songs are very Alice Cooper, like theatrical, right? So I just assumed it was like over the top. Yeah, but apparently it's a lot of like actual stories. That's nuts. Huh. So there's some interesting tracks on there. Well, now we're on this topic and about the police. Another one I would like to add is uh, is it called Mother from mm. Synchronicity? That, oh yeah, that's a so weird you know song. That's about, like a, right? that's like That's like the Copeland. Uh, okay, uh, so you know what I'm talking police about. Police song, then. yeah. That song to Every me. Every woman I did becomes yeah, my, my mother in the end. end. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those chaotic things that, like, with the whole, yeah, as beautiful as the album song. is, that song is just stands out, oh, right? Yeah. It's screaming at you. He will, he literally is screaming at you. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just looking at the lyrics right now. <laughs> yeah, right? That's terrifying. It yeah. is, I think it's also the sound. Like, it's really is one of those eerie things. Yeah, it's a weird it's, song. Like the whole song is uh, the album is beautiful, but when that song comes on, it's like punching you with it. It's so jarring. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. jarring. <laughs> yeah. Check that out when you can. Yeah, check that out. Check out "Mother" by the Police. 
Check out this cool band called Pink Floyd. Maybe you've heard of them. <laughs> if you've heard of them. Probably it, not, though. They're pretty yeah, obscure. And, by Cloud. And check out Tyler by the Toadies. I have the lyrics here. I'm, I, I had them here. Let me, I just want to read them so I'm clear. He says, um, so I'll, I'll just read the whole thing. And he says, and she runs through her, ah, Jesus Christ, God damn it. I had a link. <laughs> and she runs through her days with a smile on her face. And she runs, and she waits, and I wait. We can drive to any place. Uh, day or night across the state, and in the morning into Mexico, we will wake up. I find a window in the kitchen, and I let myself in, rummage through the refrigerator, find myself a beer. I can't believe I'm really here, and she's lying in that bed. I can almost feel her touch and her anxious breath. I stumble in the hallway against the bedroom door. I hear her call out to me. I hear the fear in her voice. She pulls the covers tighter. I press against the door. I will be with her tonight. Yeah, so that's oh, been our segment. What's happening? It's, it's just yeah, going sorry, it looked weird. It's cool. It's all good. Okay, mm-hmm. freaked out, man. So. Right. That was going backwards. I was like, why are you recording backwards in time? <laughs> <laughs> why is that a feature? Okay, sorry. So after no another technical gaffe, we're back. Um, to say this is the end of the episode. That's, yeah, that was, that was the bonus segment. If you guys got some, some spooky tracks you want to hit us with, hashtag scary beats. <laughs> ha- at, uh, Mm. Yeah. Hashtag scare bears. Scare bears. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with music. Hashtag. Hashtag spooky scary spooky scary. scary. Yeah, do that until you you reach the character limit. Tell us your spooky tracks. Um, that's been our bonus episode. That's been the whole episode. Uh, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever the hell. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, the Apple Podcasts, Podbean. You know the whole thing. Contact us. Um, Jesse, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Can anyone find your music anywhere yet, or is it uh, still locked still, in the Disney I'm, vault? I'm still locked in the, in the vault. In the... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Call Disney, ask for my name. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if if Jesse ever manages to get his music back from his vindictive drummer, we'll we'll tell you where to find it. <laughs> um, and as we always say on Cover Me, every little thing she does is cover me. <laughs> <laughs>